pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are the God who says I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. But I also thank you that, God, as you lead us and as we follow you, you don't let us just stay comfortable. You actually have called us to do good works and to do the things that you've called us to do. So I pray that over this next few weeks, as we open up our hearts to this, God, that our hearts and our minds would be transformed and we would catch a revelation of what it means to go. Because, God, we just, we just want to tell more people about you, and we want to get excited about what you're doing in the earth. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. You know, I can talk about uh, let's go, and, and, and it can have so many uh, different nuances to it, right? People can say, oh, let's go. That's going to be so exciting. There's a concert coming to town. we got to get tickets. we got to go, and there's an excitement about it. But there's also this idea of let's go where it's like okay let's go I know we have to go I don't really want to go but we're gonna do it anyways and you know how many people are like that you're more like I'm kind of willing to go but I'd rather not if I don't have to and I'm gonna drag my feet a little bit I mean that's not really me but I'll tell you a secret about my house Um, sometimes um, you don't realize before you have kids how long it takes you to get out the door with kids I mean, my wife and I were away one weekend without our kids, and we had a dinner reservation. We showed up like 30 minutes early, and I was like, oh, right, because we don't have to put winter coats on and clothes on and pack up three kids and get over to where we're trying to go. Like, I mean, having kids in Alberta, like, it's a special grace because it is not like, oh, going somewhere is easy. It's like we have all sorts of gear our kids need to wear that other provinces or places don't even know about. But in our house, usually, usually when it's time to go, and I'm just going to let you in on another secret, because if I'm ever having coffee or lunch with you, I really try not to be late. Um, But if Brandy and I are ever late for something, it's my fault. Uh, And she's like, amen. Because, like, Brandy will be like, okay, Jeremy, let's go. We need to leave. We need more time. I'm like, ah, it's fine. I'm like, I like slow mornings. I'm not done my coffee yet. I got to redo my hair again or whatever. And she's like, and I'm like, Brandy, does this look okay? She's like, I got three kids and myself ready. Just pick something and let's go, right? Like, you know, and I'm so glad, though, that Jesus calls us to go, but he's not frustrated with us. He actually is just excited for us to be on board with his plan and his purpose because there's an urgency in God. There's an urgency in Jesus through the Holy Spirit to see other people experience what we've experienced, So when we start talking about things like discipleship, which we've heard this word thrown around church, and I'm not sure most of us really know what it means anymore, because is it a class? Is it something pastors do? Is it something I'm supposed to do? What does it look like? How does it work? What does it actually mean? Or evangelism, they're like, oh no, he didn't say it. He is not going to make us go downtown and start talking to people about Jesus. I might. But that's not where we're going to. And I'm like looking at some people's faces this morning and you're like, every part of me wants to find a new church, but I really like what Jesus is doing in my heart, right? And, and we haven't 
opportunity to step out, take action, go into all the world. This is what Jesus is saying to his disciples in Matthew 28. He's at a point in time in history where he's gone to the cross. He's been raised, resurrected. This is the last command he gives them before he ascends into heaven. And he says to them, now it's your turn to go. But can I tell you something this morning? He doesn't send us to do something he didn't show us how to do. But often we get hung up, we get hooked on our ideas of evangelism, what we don't understand about discipleship, and we're kind of like, you know, we're kind of like cliff jumping or teaching our kids how to swim. We're like, I want to get involved in what God's doing, but I just don't know if I'm ready to, right? Like we did this thing with our kids where we would bring them to the edge of the pool and they would be bawling and screaming and I don't want to and all of these emotions and it's like, it's amazing how, like, you make a kid do something they don't want to do. They can spiral into everything uh, being wrong in the world. I mean, maybe that's just my kids. Um, maybe that's just me, right? But, uh, you know, you're standing on the edge, and, like, Brandy will do this thing. Okay, one, two, three, jump. No jump. Okay, you're going to jump in the water. You're going to learn how to swim because we're going to open up a whole new world of enjoying beaches and boating and fun things. But if you never learn how to swim, like, you won't ever see how amazing that stuff is. And they're like, but I don't care. I don't want to. Okay, one, two, three, jump. And I'm just sitting there on the dock. I'm like, I'm just going to push them in. <laughs> oh, then they get really mad, right? Like, you just be glad that I'm not Jesus. Jesus is saying, hey, guys, I want you to go. It's time to jump. It's time to start doing some of the things that I've called you to do. And most of us, we're trying to work ourselves up. We're like, okay, one, two, three, go. Brandy does this all the time. Hun, we need to go out tonight. So I have to get out from under my heated blanket and put on a hat or do my makeup and go be with people. Okay, one, two, three, go. We should just go. And it's like... You know, and for some of you, I understand that this is, this is how you feel. You're like, I enjoy things when I get there, but, like, the idea of thinking about doing all this stuff, like, it takes a lot for me to feel like I want to do those things. And then when you see how fun it is, they're like, okay, I'm glad I went, but most of the time getting there is the biggest struggle. And I think that's how it is with discipleship and evangelism for us. I think when we see what God is doing and we begin to see the fruit of it, we will believe in it and we'll be excited about it and we'll enjoy it. But getting there is half the struggle because there's been this understanding or lack of understanding that we don't really know what it is. You see, Jesus calls us to follow him one step at a time, but he actually asks us, he actually commands us to go. Because our faith won't experience the fullness he has for us and for others if we don't go. See, life with Jesus is not only about what we've been rescued from. It's about what we've been rescued for. You have become a part of the story and the mission of Jesus. So it's not only about what he's pulled you out of and what he's taken you from, it's actually what he's calling you into and what he's created you for. And that's gonna mean we have to sometimes go. But we often use this word discipleship. And I want you to know a few things as we start the series. So this morning, it's not gonna be this deeply, theologically profound message, but I think before we dive into this journey with Jesus and this life of going, this let's go lifestyle, we have to understand a few things. 
Because if I don't prepare your hearts, you're just going to be like, next week, it's going to get crazy, and I'm not going to come to church. Because if I don't hear the message, I'm not accountable to it, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, so some things I want us to know this morning. We're called to follow Jesus, right? Yes, that's the answer is yes. We're called to follow Jesus. We're called to learn from him, and we're called to teach others to do the same. So discipleship, when we talk about going and making disciples, actually what we have to understand and what we must lean into is the realization that as we follow Jesus, we are becoming disciples. But let's use a word that we understand. We're becoming an apprentice. We are walking and living with Jesus and learning to do the things that he does and how he walks in life. And as we see how Jesus walked, as we see how other men and women of God have walked before us, we start to get a sense of, I can learn from them. See, we can learn from our parents. We can learn from leaders. We can learn from people who have gone before us what it is to follow Jesus. Because even though they make mistakes, hopefully they've been an apprentice of Jesus, getting in the word, hearing his voice, learning to walk with Jesus. And when we start walking <clears throat> beside them, we start becoming more like Jesus. We start becoming an apprentice. This idea of apprenticeship actually would give us a better picture of what discipleship is. Because discipleship sounds like a word. It's like, well, you have to go through this process and this program and, and all of these things. And it's like, hey, there is a place to learn in your relationship with God. But there is a learn-as-you-go quality when we are actually an apprentice of Jesus or of someone else. See, when you learn from somebody... They don't have to be the best at the world. They just have to be in the world at what they do. They just have to be better than you, right? Because, I mean, if we're like, I want to learn how to play guitar, I only want to learn from, I don't even know who a good guitar player is, Slash. <laughs> sure. Right? Like, you know, no, we find someone who is further along than we are and we learn from them until we become better than them. And we find someone else that helps us grow. And what we can do is, you know, my kids, they all are taking music lessons. But it's like the funny thing about it is, is as one of them progresses, they can actually show the younger one how to do what they've done before, even though I don't know how to do it. And sometimes we think making disciples is like Jesus, when I'm theologically sound, when I got it all together, when I do everything right, then I can make disciples. No, you can make disciples if you are a disciple. See, we do this all the time with our kids. Watch how I do it, now you try. Right? That's how we teach our kids to wash the dishes, mow the lawn, do all these different things. And we actually, if we always do it ourselves... We're not fulfilling a mandate of leading someone else closer to their relationship with Jesus. Like if I just always do things for my kids, they will be useful adults or useless adults. Right? Like I will have failed as a parent if my kids get to their young adult years and they cannot function in life. My job is to train them and lead them and cause them to be hopefully functioning, contributing members of society who are nice people and generous. And, and that's all taught and modeled process. So when it comes to evangelism and discipleship, we need to realize that this as well. The word go can be translated in a number of ways. 
Sometimes we hear the word go in church and we're like, okay, when's the next missions trip? It's like, and some of you are like, I would rather pay $1,500, go away from a week, a fly in, fly out, and then nobody knows who I am or where I am after that than actually go and tell my neighbor about Jesus because now there's a responsibility on me every day when I see them. And so the word is to go to people who aren't reached, spread out, go into the world, move around. But it's actually also can be translated into this phrase, as you go or when you go. And I think for the church, when we look at evangelism, discipleship, or making apprentices as we follow Jesus, it's actually going to happen more naturally as we go and when we go everywhere we go. So we have to be those that are willing to follow Jesus, become more like him, and call other people to do the same as we go. Last thing I want you to know this morning about this whole setup of this series that we're doing is that Jesus was the perfect example of the as-you-go model. Jesus did not ask us to do something that he didn't model with the disciples. You see, when it comes to making disciples or developing an apprentice, it's exactly what Jesus did in the Gospels. Let's look at Matthew chapter 4, verses 18. It says this. One day, as Jesus was walking along, just think about that. As he was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Now notice this. Jesus wasn't waiting for them to come to the church or the synagogue and sign up to be his disciple. He was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two guys who owned a business, and he starts a conversation with them. And he calls out to them, come and follow me, and I will show you how. So he says, hey, if you'll follow me, I'm going to show you some things that I'm doing. And I'm going to show you how to do something you didn't know how to do before. And that was to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and they followed him. Then a little further up the road, he saw James and John sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee repairing their nets. And he called to them to come too. So Jesus is walking along the shore. He starts calling uh, Peter and Andrew and he says, guys, I'm walking where your business is. I'm walking in the, the thick and thin of life with you. And as he's doing that, he's saying, hey, if you come with me, I'm going to show you some things and I'm going to teach you some things and I'm going to show you what it means to be my disciple. He didn't go to the synagogues or the schools and look for the best and brightest like the religious leaders of the day did. He was open to going where people were and saying, as I walk along, I'm going to see something in someone. I'm going to feel the Holy Spirit tell me this is the person you're supposed to call. And I'm just going to say to them, just start walking with me and I'm going to teach you some things. For these guys, this was the start of a three and a half year journey where it's like half the time when we read the parables in the gospels, we read all the stories that Jesus is telling, the disciples are like nodding their head like, mm-hmm, yeah, Jesus, that's good. And as soon as the crowd leaves, they're like, Jesus, what the heck did you mean? Because they were learning as they went as well. So he gathered as he went and they learned as they walked with him. And I would argue this morning this. As a church, if we are called to go into all the world, I think it's safe to say we have to start with our world. See, your world is different than my world. 
Your office is different than my office. Your coffee shop should always be perks if you're in Spruce or Stony Plain. I'm just kidding. Shout out to Ken. The roads that you drive, the people that you meet, your world is different than the world of the person sitting next to you. Sometimes they overlap, sometimes they intersect. But if we are called to go into all the world, we need to start in our world. In our world. So when Jesus says, let's go, or when Jesus says, as you go, he's not asking you to plan a big trip, do some grandiose thing, some street corner evangelism. He's actually asking you to say, he's asking you, are you willing to be my disciple, to be my apprentice, and ask other people to follow you as you follow Christ, to walk with you and learn what it means to draw closer to Jesus as you go to your job, to your community, to your neighborhood, to the places that he's called you to live. You see, as we go today, what I really want to do is I want us to ask ourselves three questions. Because I believe to prepare our hearts for what God is going to start stirring in us as a community and individuals and as a church, we got to get ready. Because one day, Pastor Brett or I am going to stand up here and say, this is what's happening. Locations four, five, and six. Boom, boom, boom. And everyone's like, wait a minute, what? I'm like, not yet. But there has to be a preparation of those who God has already called so we can actually lead other people closer to Jesus. You see, we don't need every single person who comes through the doors of our church or starts drawing closer to Jesus to be discipled by a pastor. We need people who are a little bit further along than them saying, I'm still learning and I'm willing to walk beside you as I go and we're going to learn together. That's how we apprentice people. That's how we make disciples. And the first question I want us to ask is this. The first question this morning to prepare our hearts is, will we let him make us? Will we let him make us? Matthew 4, verse 18 to 22, it says this. As Jesus is walking by the sea, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you. Everyone say make. Make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets, and they followed him. Do you realize that you have a choice to step into the things that God is calling you to do? You have a choice to carry the gospel and the hope of Jesus Christ as you go. You get to decide who and how and when you share those things. The Holy Spirit will lead you. He'll prompt you. He'll give you opportunity. But you have a choice. And we have to choose first and foremost to say, Jesus, I'm going to let you make me a disciple. I'm going to let you make me an apprentice. I'm going to let my heart be soft and hear the things that you're calling me to do. I'm going to let you speak into my life and challenge me in some areas that you're asking me to draw closer to you in or move further in. And as we do this, we realize that this life with Jesus, following Jesus one step at a time, is a forever ongoing apprenticeship program. We never get out of it. We never not change. We never stop growing in our relationship with Jesus. But what we do have to decide all along the way, every time he asks us to grow, every time he asks us to go, we have a decision in our heart to say, Jesus, will I let you make me 
the man or woman of God you've called me to be for this situation. See, when God shows up to you after church today in a restaurant and tells you to speak a word of encouragement over someone, you will sit there and choose if, you, if, if God has the authority to, to make you do that. Like the Holy Spirit won't force you to do something. He will ask you, he will prompt you, and the making says that, God, I'm submitted to you, and I will allow you to push me out of my comfort zone so I can reach other people with your gospel. You see, I would argue this. Sometimes we don't understand discipleship or apprenticeship, or we've never made disciples because we're not one. You can't make one if you're not one. You will never teach someone else how it is to be soft and obedient to the Holy Spirit and the voice of God and let him lead you one step at a time if you're not letting your life be led and made by the leading of Jesus. Will we let him make us? See, this is a challenge. We don't even need a four Monday today because like I'm giving you three right here because I have to go home some days and I've said to Brandy, I'm like, don't you ever wish sometimes we had an easy life? <laughs> like, I've, I've said that, like, confessions of a pastor is like, it would be nice to just, like, clock in, clock out, not worry about anything, care about people. Like, it's like, that's not my heart and my intent, but sometimes there are, are days and struggles where God is asking us to be beyond ourselves. And it's like, God, I, I'm willing to let you make me and shape me and lead me into what you want, not what I want. So will we let him make a second question this morning is this. If we dive into this series, as we go, I want us to ask ourselves this question. Are we willing to put down our nets? Are we willing to put down our nets? In Luke chapter 5, we see a different account of this story. And Luke uh, gives a little more detail uh, in the story. And it says, one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore. So Jesus was preaching where people were at. He was calling people to himself where he was at. It says, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. And he noticed two empty boats on the water's edge. For the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, this is before he says, come and follow me. He says, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master Simon replied, we worked hard all night last night. We didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. And when we ask ourselves the question, will we let down our nets, we might have a net. We might have an idea, a preconceived notion of this works and this doesn't work. This is what I'll do or this is what I won't do for Jesus. And there comes a moment in our faith and our walking with Jesus where sometimes he says, I just need you to set that aside and see what I'm going to do. You know, he comes to Peter, a fisherman, and he says, go out again and put your, down your net. Go a little further, go a little deeper, and I'm going to do something you've never seen before. And Peter is a professional, commercial fisherman, and he's looking at Jesus, a carpenter. He knows Jesus was a carpenter, and he's like, now you're going to teach me about fishing? Build the boat so I don't sink. Let me worry about catching the fish. But he says, Peter, will you put down your net? Will you put down your ideas and notions of what you think you know and let me have room to move?
And for some of us, that net is a hurt. Some of us, that net is something that we don't understand. Some of that, that net is a person that we think God could never reach. But when God comes to us and he says, that's the person I want you to call. That's the person I want you to start praying for and I want you to start leading into an encounter with Jesus. Will we put down our net that says, God, I don't know if they'll ever, ever soften or believe in who you are. See, sometimes we must be willing to put down what we think we know if we are gonna reach the way God is calling us to reach. This is for us as individuals, but this is for us as a church. We have to learn to do things in a way that God is calling us to do it, not just because it's been proven or it's been done before or things that haven't worked or have worked. We have to be willing to say, God, we've tried that, but at your word, we'll, we'll do it again. You see, when God starts laying in your heart or on, on the church's heart a crazy idea, you're like, that's not gonna work. And Jesus says, try it. Are we willing to put down our net? Are we willing to go a little bit deeper? And lastly, this morning, I want us to ask this third question. First one was this, will we let him make us? Second one was, are we willing to put down our nets? But last but not least, I believe we need to ask this question in our heart with all sincerity, and this is probably the most important one. How will we walk with others that Jesus is calling? What kind of heart are we gonna have towards people in this room, people who come through the door, people in our community that we see as far from God, but Jesus is calling them close to himself. See in Luke chapter five, nine to 11, it says this, his partners talking about Peter, James and John, the sons of Zebedee were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. So as soon as they landed, they left and they followed Jesus. Can I tell you something? It's amazing when God calls our friends and our business partners and people we love and people we like to follow Jesus. Oh God, I'll walk with them. I'll encourage them. I'll disciple them. I'll go for dinner with them. I'll pray for them. But what happens when Jesus starts calling the people that we have a hard time with, we've had a conflict with, we've had issue with, maybe he starts calling people that are very messy and they still have hurts and issues. How will we walk with the people that God calls? Because in Luke chapter five, not even 10 verses later, they're, they're all excited. Oh, we're following Jesus. Peter and his brother Andrew, we're gonna follow Jesus and we're going to call James and John they're our business partners we love working with these guys and a little bit down the road we hit Luke chapter 5 verse 27 and it says as they left the town they saw a tax collector named Levi or Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth follow me and be my disciple Jesus said and we're like Jesus are you sure like this guy Jesus yeah Follow me, come be my disciple. So Levi got up, left everything and followed him. And then listen to this, later Levi held a banquet or a dinner in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. And many, everyone say many. Many fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. Other translations say notorious sinners showed up to this party. Whoa, Jesus, I don't know if we're ready for this. And probably the most troubling part of the story is not what the Pharisees say, but the posture of the disciples right here. 
says, but the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law, listen to this, they complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples. Why do you eat and drink with such scum? So Jesus overheard. Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I've always wondered why the Pharisees were complaining to Jesus' disciples, but I honestly believe it's because at Matthew's house, they were kind of hanging around the door. I don't know if I want to get too close to this group of people. I don't know if I'm willing to walk with someone who's lived like that or had a past like that. And so even the disciples had to learn to draw close with Jesus and close to people's situation and where they were at and say, I'm willing to walk with you. I'm willing to give you a hand up. I'm willing to walk beside you. I'm willing to believe the best for you. When we see people at their worst, are we willing to believe that God is trying to do his best in their lives? How are we going to walk with them? Because even the disciples in the first year walking with Jesus, the very first weeks of being disciples, you find them near the door and the Pharisees are looking in and they're leaning in and they're saying, why would you even be at this party? And the disciples are like, I don't know. I'm kind of caught in this. But Jesus so clearly puts it. I didn't come for those who think they're good enough. I came for those who are hurting and broken and not understanding what they actually need in life when it's actually me. And I just need some people who are willing to walk with them and say, hey, I'm following Jesus. You can come with me. I'm going to be there to pray with you, to love on you, to encourage you, to show you what it is to follow Jesus. You see, as you go, and you're willing to let him make you the man or woman of God he's called you to be, he's going to start asking you to soften your heart, to put down some of your nets and start allowing some people around you that Jesus so desperately wants to have encounter his presence. And guess how they're going to experience it? It's going to be through you. I mean, coming to a service is great. But more people come to Jesus because someone invited them and someone loved them and someone was the hands and feet of Jesus even before they set their feet in this building. So how will we walk with those that Jesus is calling? Church, as we go, Jesus is leading us one step at a time. He's saying, let's go in a fresh way. We're gonna dive into this and it's gonna get wild and weird and crazy because some of the stories that we see from this point where he calls the disciples, it's like one day, woman caught in adultery. Next day, woman and her dead son. Next day, they're going to raise a little girl from the dead. You know, like all of these things are happening. One day, I'm gonna preach on this in a couple weeks, they show up on an island and there's this demonized man that gets radically transformed and saved which leads to a whole nother experience. So your life with Jesus isn't gonna be what you expect, but we have to ask ourselves, God, am I willing to let you make me the disciple you want me to be? Am I willing to put down some nets of my ideas so you can do the work you wanna do? And God, help me determine in my heart to walk with love and grace with the people that you're calling. Let's stand this morning.